listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests today, Mary Beth Finster and Julie Musselman, as we continue reading from the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian consecration. We are on day 14. Let's conclude this full week's reflection on St. Maximilian Kolbe's teaching on Marian consecration. It's probably a good idea for us to get to know his actual prayer of consecration. So let's look at it in its three parts. First part is an invocation. The second part is a plea to Mary that she will receive us as her property. And the third part is a plea to Mary that she will use us to gain other souls for her. The prayer begins like this. O Immaculata, Queen of Heaven and Earth, Refuge of Sinners, and Our Most Loving Mother, God has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to you. Here we have Kobe's favorite title for Mary, the Immaculata. As we learned from her apparition at Lourdes, this is her identity. For Kobe, this is her most important identity because it highlights her intimate union with the Holy Spirit. This invocation also brings in another part of Mary's identity. Mother. Mary is the most humble, gentle, tender, and loving mother. Finally, another of Colby's favorite titles is alluded to here, namely, Mediatric of All Grace. For to Mary, God has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy. Mary, can you review Mediatric of All Grace, what that means exactly again? Mary's title of Mediatrix arises from her cooperation in the Incarnation and in the redemption of mankind through her yes. She became the God-bearer and the new Eve. She was also the mother of all the living. St. Arrhenius, who lived between 120 and 200 AD, wrote regarding Mary, Eve made the fall possible, but Adam affected it. Mary made our redemption possible, but Jesus affected it. God permitted the redemption of mankind to depend on the free will decision of a human being. Whether or not we would have a mediator was dependent on Mary's yes. Had there been no yes from Mary, there would have been no mediator. Thus, the graces that came through Jesus may be said to come to us in a secondary way via Mary. Not as the origin of the graces, but as a conduit. The Catholic Church has always taught that Jesus Christ alone redeemed mankind. Neither Mary nor any other creature had any power to do so. And ultimately, only through him are salvation and grace obtained. And let's, jo- let's say here that these quotations of the consecration prayer can be found in the book Aim Higher, the Spiritual and Marian Reflections of St. Maximilian Kolbe. It's a little book published by uh, the Franciscans up in Libertyville, Illinois, and it is the exact words and writings of Maximilian Kolbe. So if you are getting excited about Maximilian Kolbe like I am, I got my own copy of this because I wanted to read all the words of the saint directly, and I encourage you to do that. But let's go to the second part of the consecration prayer, which expresses a plea that Mary will receive us as her property. And here's how it goes. I, state your name, a repentant sinner, cast myself at your feet, humbly imploring you to take me with all that I am and have, wholly to yourself as your possession and property. Please make of me, of all my powers of soul and body, of my whole life, death and eternity, whatever most pleases you. Let's recall that de Montfort, in his formula of consecration, expanded and elaborated on 
what he was giving to Mary, meaning his body, his soul, his goods, his merits, etc. Colby means the same thing as de Montfort, but he simplifies it by expressing his gift of himself to Mary with the concise statement, take me with all that I am and have. On the flip side, where de Montfort describes the purpose of his consecration with the simple summary statement, for the greater glory of God, it's Colby who expands and elaborates. Thus, in the third part of his consecration prayer, Colby describes the purpose of his offering not simply as the greater glory of God, but he says the following, and this quote is coming from, it's coming from the book Aim Higher. If it pleases you, use all that I am and have without reserve, wholly to accomplish what was said of you. She will crush your head, and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the whole world. Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate and merciful hands for introducing and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls, and thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For wherever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and growth in holiness, since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. You know, I just want to stop for a second because sometimes images really help, sometimes tough readings or texts like that. And when I was reading this and I was watching my four-year-old Joseph play with Play-Doh, and <laughs> do you ever just watch, don't you love children's hands? They're just small hands. And I just had that precious, like image as I was reading this and just made me laugh. (laughs) This one actually brought me back to day 12 and the image that we had of Mary in heaven with the graces coming from her fingers, but not every finger was sending out the graces. And that's because people weren't asking for them. And it's just, this, this completely tied me back, back to that day 12 of our, of our preparation. And you're referring to the image of the miraculous medal, yes. Mary, where, she, where Mary has her hands outstretched and the streams are coming down, which represent the graces. It's beautiful. And even the boldness of the first sentence can, can be overlooked, but when we finally take it in, its boldness can be startling. Colby is asking Mary to use him to completely crush the reign of Satan. That's with an exclamation point. <laughs> Perhaps he pulls back this incredible ambition a little when he says that he wants her to use him to help extend, as far as possible, the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Still, his boldness is incredible. He wants Mary to use him as her instrument as much as possible to crush Satan and extend the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the love of the heart of Jesus. Genesis 3.15, right there. He's taking us right back to Genesis 3.15, where after Adam and Eve have sinned, we have the promise, the the proto-evangelium, the first promise of the good news that, you know, he will strike at your heel and she will crush the head of Satan. So uh, I love that Maximilian Colby is bringing that up to us. And we know who wins in the end. That, to me, is a lot of hope, because in these dark days when things don't look good, we can really say, what, where, where's God in all of this? It's interesting to note here that Colby hones in on the heart of Jesus, mentioning it two times. This isn't a passing fancy. 
For instance, it appears again when he gives the motto to his army of Knights of the Immaculata, the Militia Immaculata, which is to lead all men and every individual through Mary to the most sacred heart of Jesus. We'll learn more about the heart of Jesus as the most perfect goal for our spiritual lives when we reflect on Blessed Mother Teresa and her teachings next week. And Mary, as you mentioned, we're also hoping to record the book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, where we can go a lot more deeper into the sacred heart of Jesus as well. So that'll be forthcoming from Living Witnesses. We are really excited about what's to come and what lies ahead. We're also very excited that you're still with us as we move forward on our preparation for consecration. It can be difficult sometimes making that commitment and following through. Good job. You're here. You're still doing it. Make sure you share this podcast with friends of yours that you know are attempting to make it through this 33-day preparation. Give them that light of hope, that encouragement. Let them know how easy it is. They can listen to the podcast when they're riding in their car to and from work. They can tune into the live broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at Real Life Radio. Together, we can help build those armies for Christ. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. I do want to remind you, too, that Real Life Radio is a listener-supported radio station. We depend on the generosity of our donors to keep this radio station on the air. A very unique giving program if you visit realliferadio.com and click on their Care to Share program. Great way to pay it forward. Our daily prayer for today is, Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, prepare me to give all to the Immaculata for the sake of the kingdom. And now let us pray our weekly prayer. We fly to your patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us from all danger. O ever-glorious and blessed Virgin, amen. Coming up next, we're going to look at the questions in the Retreat Companion for 33 Days to Morning Glory a do-it-yourself retreat written by Father Michael Gately. We're going to close out this hour with our bumper music coming from Randy Albright. This is a song entitled Woman Clothed with the Sun. You can find his music at iconrecords.com. That's I-K-A-H-N records.com. In heaven, a great wonder was seen. Crown of twelve stars and moon under her feet. The handmaid of the Holy One, a woman clothed with the
is time to tackle our study questions for the day. Colby's Prayer of Consecration, and these study questions are coming from The Retreat Companion to 33 Days to Morning Glory, written by Carol R. Younger. You can get your copies at 33daystomorningglory.com. Our first question, preparing to be a fit instrument in the hands of the Immaculata. There are two key points to remember, acceptance of the will of God and acceptance of the intercession of Mary before God. Do you really believe that our Mother Mary will overcome everything? What might be standing in way of this trust? Well, Mary, this is a really critical question, because when it asks what's standing in the way of this trust, I think we all can recognize that no matter what it is we might want in life, whether it's our job or success of our kids or whatever, if there's barriers to that in in our trust of something or in our faith in something, ultimately, you know, if we, if we tell our kids, if you don't think you're going to get an A on an exam, then guess what? There's a good chance you're not because you don't have that vision and that trust. Um, of course, you need to do the work. So the work is this, that we accept the gift. All we need to do is open up our little hands, like the little Play-Doh hands of, of our children, accept the gift of God, of his mother, that's what we do, is just accept her as our gift and take her into our home. Doesn't the image of the little child really jump out at you, Mary Beth? When you think about over and over and over in the Bible, it says, unless you become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so many of us, and I'll be example A, we got to be Miss Big Pants about everything and do things in our own strength. And we don't become childlike in many ways. We don't develop that trust. And Mary wants to be our mother, and we're very little in her eyes. And as soon as we recognize that, embrace that, and live that, then I think all the more she can work with us. When we're all proud and mighty, it's really hard. We, we create our own barriers there. But let's talk about some of the things that might be standing in the way. Maybe, okay, there's those that haven't been raised Catholic. So if you've been raised in a different faith denomination, maybe you're not even Catholic at this point and you're still listening, we've talked about how just Mary and the confusion that Mary plays and that we honor her and we don't worship her and her and the role of her as the Queen Mother is very biblical from the Old Testament and that the Catholic roots of this as Jesus honors his mother and places her in the kingdom just as Bathsheba was placed in David's kingdom. Um, maybe it's a feeling or an experience of having those uh, relationships with their own mother figures that have been less than perfect, that create deep wounds, um, maybe uh, with abortion or any kind of things that could definitely create that rift for someone that cannot see that uh, supernatural tie to Mary um, because they are relating it to what's going on in their own family situations. So what do you say to someone that, that says, you know, maybe they grew up in a home where Mary wasn't honored or didn't, maybe she was even kind of dishonored to some extent, or you had a situation where your own mother was not ideal, or you yourself have not been the mother that you've been called to be, I think, again, of becoming small, 
with Mary on this. I, I really think that we need to just give up a little bit, give up ourselves, give up all of our preconceived ideas and say, Mary, I don't know if I understand all this. I don't know if I get it. I'm not really sure what I'm doing going through this consecration, but I'm going to step out in faith and say that Jesus came to us through you and he would like me to come back to him through you as well. So teach me. Take me by that little Play-Doh hand <laughs> that's all wrinkled and old now, but uh, take me by the hand and lead me. I think it's important to note, too, that even for folks who are raised Catholic, it can still be a difficult theology to grasp that Mary does have a role in, in salvation history and that we are to embrace her in that role. It, it can be, for sure. Many people that I've spoken with who are in groups and going through groups, that is something we all wrestle with. But I do hear the more people go down the road of trusting her, mm-hmm. praying to her, allowing her to intercede their lives, so many, so many say, wow, I had no idea the gift that was there, and I'm so glad I opened myself up to it. I want to go back just a minute, though, to the Reformation, because... Martin Luther, he had that trust and faith and that relationship with Mary. He was a great lover of Our Lady. And Dr. Mark Miravalli's written a great book called Meet Your Mother mm-hmm. that's, that teaches us about Mary. And he starts the book out by quoting Luther. Because Luther, even though he you know, left the Catholic Church and started the Lutheran faith, he loved Mary. And that was part of the Lutheran faith at the beginning. I remember early on in my journey just being able to help someone. I had a, a friend of mine that wasn't Catholic asked me about, like, why do you worship these statues? And, you know, honestly, at the time, I, I could not get it out out of my mouth to really explain and give him a good reason. Um, now, obviously, with Lighthouse CDs and many other books and things and resources, and I often laugh at a quote that I heard Patrick Madrid say one time. He goes, yeah, I was driving by a church with a non-Catholic, and they even, their statues even worship statues, referring to <laughs> the picture of... Uh, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima. Little children. <laughs> and, and, but yet, when I really heard the example of when, you know, don't you have a, a picture of your mother, and my mother has passed away, I know Julie's has passed away, we have pictures of our mother, we don't worship that picture, we don't look at that picture and go, that's my mother, we just know that every time I walk by the fireplace and I see that picture frame, I just kind of feel a sense of warmth, I remember, you know, the phone calls that we used to share, especially when you start having children mm-hmm. and you want to share the things that your children are doing with your mother. Um, but now I, it's really, it's been an amazing thing. My mother's been dead for probably a decade now. I truly, why I, I think of my mother every day, especially at the Mass, I get that opportunity to know that I'm united with her. My go-to mother is Mary. Mm-hmm. And, and that's taken a long time. Mary Graham. <laughs> we got a lot of Mary names here. We need to move on to question number two. Mary's identity revealed in her apparition at Lourdes is the Immaculate Conception. Through her, God's tender mercies are dispensed. We experience these mercies through Mary's humility, gentleness, tenderness, and love. Reflect on how you might imitate these virtues as you live out your Marian consecration. Oh, <laughs> I have to say, humility, gentleness, tenderness, 
Those are virtues I want. Ah, yes. With the three of us sitting here with our dominant personalities. That is exactly where our weaknesses lie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we are filled with great hope because we can look to Mary and, and see the model that she is for us as she who perfectly did the will of God uh, and had all of these attributes to their fullest. I think for me it's very great to reflect on Scripture and see where she was in the Scripture, the different Scripture passages we have, and how she pondered things in her heart. And as I learn that more, reflect on it more, memorize Scripture more, I feel like God can and is changing my heart and and burning out some of those rough edges that are there. And you guys have heard of the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, that one. <laughs> so it's more uh, less on that trinity and, and certainly more focused. But these words, humility, gentleness, tenderness, and love, I mean, I'm going to put them on my mirror when I brush my teeth. Just, just put them there. The more you focus on what your goal is, the more you see it, breathe it, feel it, because we're physical bodies. We take everything in through our senses. Whatever you need to do, record it. I've put little signs throughout our house. Do unto others what you would have done to you just to help our children to stop fighting and being nasty to each other. And they'll go, and it'll be on the toilet seat, it'll be on the pantry, (laughs) it'll be everywhere. I tried that one time. It can be little things like that to help you aim at these goals. That wraps up our first two questions on day 14 of 33 Days to Morning Glory. We are working from Father Gately's book and the retreat companion that was written by Carol R. Younger. You can get your copies of this retreat material at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. While you're there, Go ahead and leave some comments. You can leave your own thoughts and meditations on the questions that we're studying. If you have questions, things that that aren't making sense to you, things that you don't quite understand, you can pose those questions as well. If we don't know the answers, we will find them for you. That website, once again, is 33daystomorningglory.com. Typically, on the Living Witnesses radio show, we share stories of people's conversions, their, their faith walk. I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. That's mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. When we complete our consecration, we will get back to our regular programming of sharing stories with you. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Dragon appeared, and a third of heaven's stars disappeared. The battle for souls had just begun for the woman clothed with the sun.
Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham, Julie Musselman, and Mary Beth Finster. We are reviewing the questions in the 33 Days to Morning Glory Retreat Companion, written by Carol R. Younger. Question number three, Colby expresses Marian consecration not as a gift of self for the sake of achieving the greater glory of God, as does de Montfort, but rather as becoming an instrument in the hands of Mary for the purpose of extending the kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Thus, his focus is this, Mary's love of Jesus and her desire to lead all men and women to the merciful heart of her son. How much... Do you want to be renewed and transformed by the Holy Spirit through Mary's powerful intercession for the sake of the kingdom? And how much do you hesitate? When I read those words, transformed by the Holy Spirit through Mary's powerful intercession, we've talked about music really impacting us on other shows, and that prayer that is sung every year at, at around either confirmations or at Pentecost, Holy Spirit, come with your fire, set my life on fire. I had a really deep experience of praying that in my early 30s when I had two little boys and didn't know my faith at all and didn't really know anything of what it meant to be a Catholic wife and mother. And as I really prayed that heartfelt prayer, I know without a doubt that God sent the Holy Spirit into my life. And where where we were learning with Mary being the spouse of the Holy Spirit in a previous day's reflection, I love to contemplate that even more because not only will I have Mary as my mother interceding for me, but bringing her spouse, the Holy Spirit, to transform me more and more, it's just very, very powerful. And yet a lot of us might hesitate on that. That might seem scary or weird or unsure or unusual. And you know what about this question I like is that you know, you've got two great saints with just slightly different ways of leading. And maybe, I mean, maybe I'm missing the point of the question, but that's what I kind of gleaned from the first part of it. But the one thing to focus on is really this battle between really wanting it and the hesitation that we internally fight. And obviously everybody has, they can look at some of the things that are being offered here, but you, everyone knows that just different charisms of different types of spirituality can help each of us in our own journey. And if there's ways that we can grow closer to Mary, and it's through how Colby expresses it or how de Montfort expresses it, then we should take what helps us, but to really focus on that one thing, do we want it? And once we say we want it, then Mary will lead us and, and we'll achieve it. I think that's really the beauty of this book by Father Gately is he takes us to the heart of four major Marian saints. So if de Montfort really hit you and you want to run with de Montfort, that's great. If Colby's really speaking to you, if either of them so far hasn't completely lit you on fire, just wait. Mother Teresa's coming up next next day and John Paul too. And, and the combination of all four of those, and yet their individuality, Mary Beth, to me, just makes me want it all the more and makes me want to be teachable. Let me learn. It's beautiful, too, that with each passing generation, more is unpacked and more is revealed. I think that's the beauty of our church, right? Yes, it is. And to see how Father Michael Gately has taken all of these years and he's taken each year as it's been written and and he it's like a flower blooming. It's 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 
beautiful, the blossom that we have before us in this 33 Days to Morning Glow. And isn't that the same thing for each one of our lives, how just more and more gets revealed to us? And each time your listeners do this consecration, they will see more and more of their own life and how God's been working in and through them and using them instruments. Sometimes you don't even realize you're being used as an instrument in a very Mm -hmm. good way. Question number four, take with me all that I am and have as your possession and property is a radical gift, but it is well worth it because Mary will take you and all that you have and use it to give great glory to God. Also, she's such a gentle mother, so we don't need to be afraid. List what you will lay at the feet of Mary. Describe how you will wrap it as a gift, symbolically, of course, with your motivations and intentions for your total consecration to Jesus through Mary. Mary, this is a very personal question, and as we've mentioned on several of our days with you together, we're just sharing from our own hearts. There'll be a lot of different answers I think from each person, what what they would lay at the feet of Mary. But just sharing from my own heart, I really want to lay at the feet of Mary some of those vices that are in my life that are not the humility, gentleness, tender, and love that we talked about in question two. You know, the pride, the forcefulness, the uh, all being involved in myself. That's some of the things I really want to lay at the feet of Mary. And how many of those little gifts that we've received from our children over the years, whether it's their pre-K, kindergarten teacher, or whatever, in the little package that the mm-hmm. teacher so beautifully worked on, and I always wonder how they did 30 children like that, and you get it, right. and it's just beautifully wrapped, and it, it's it maybe something that's falling apart and not look beautiful to someone else's eyes, but you just look at that gift, and that's what I see here symbolically as we lay at the feet of Mary all our faults and failings, especially those. Because when we come there with this righteous attitude that we're perfect, that's just like our children. It's like, you know what, I, I, am, I am more melted in my heart when my child comes to me and says, you know, I, I'm not doing this well. I didn't do this. I did this. And, and they're laying that at my feet rather than you did this and I did this right. One of the prayers I really love to pray that has this intention in it is by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. Take, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will, all I have, and call my own. You have given it all to me, and to you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. John Michael Talbot did a great song on that that really can take you even deeper into praying that return to the Lord. and. What we're talking about here with the Marian Consecration is giving that all to our Lord through Our Lady and giving Him everything, our entire self, our entire will, all that we have and own. And and so that, as we've been studying this with Marian Consecration, those themes really ring out to me because uh, this is a prayer that I found many years ago that I have loved to pray, and I love bringing it up here with what we're talking about. As we... As we come up on day 14 here of this consecration, it's really overwhelming to me the last, really these last four questions and even some of yesterday, the feeling of, oh my gosh, am I really supposed to be putting Mary in this role and entrusting Mary? Can either of you help me with those feelings that I've got at this point? One of the things, Mary, that I I think I've said before, and I'll, I'll just keep repeating it, is that 
when we are unsure or it doesn't quite make sense to us yet, I, I think the very act of trusting our Mother Mary and saying, Mary, being very candid, I don't really understand how this all works. I don't know how to do this perfectly. Help me. You know, kind of just that idea of trying her, you know, just say, Mary, you've got to help me because I'm struggling with this aspect or that thought. And she will come to your aid. It's it's kind of just like a prove it kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think she'll be there for you. Well, and going back to the analogy of my child playing the piano, when, when she first started, I, I didn't expect her to be able to be able to play this amazing Mozart music. So just as long as Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock, as long as we're just starting, just starting, and and that's the place is that we just keep asking the questions, seeking, immersing ourselves when, when we're able to, and just be open, just let the channels be open. And I think that's why there is a 33-day preparation, honestly, because there is a lot to contemplate, to ponder, to meditate on, to internalize, and we need that time. And that's the way the 33 Days to Morning Glory retreat by Father Gately was set up. We're just taking a very little bit of reading and a thought, a prayer for each day, and we're to ponder it and then meet with our groups to unpack it. And so we're doing that. So I think we can be confident that as we're faithful to keep moving through uh, the study and the retreat that that God will reward our faithfulness and Our Lady will just give us a very gentle blessing and hug as we're walking through it. So what I'm hearing you say is if I feel a little bit of a roller coaster here, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That is going to wrap up day four of our retreat for 33 Days to Morning Glory, uh, written by Father Michael Gately, Julie Musselman, Mary Beth Finster. Great having you with us. Julie, before we go to the break, can you please lead us in our daily prayer? Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, prepare me to give all to the Immaculata for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses, after the break, we are going to get into the prayers and spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort. You are invited to share your responses to these questions with us. You can do that at the blog site, 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. You can also comment at the podcast site. Coming up after the break, as we listen to the prayers that St. Louis de Montfort prayed, that we will put in song form, we will rehash the questions, give you a chance to think about these questions as you listen to the prayers right here on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. A red dragon appeared And a third of heaven's stars disappeared The battle for souls had just begun
This portion of the show, we are going to take a look at the spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort. You're going to see through this next several weeks why Father Michael Gately says it's a bit of a prayer marathon. And with our busy lives, people have a hard time digesting all of the prayers that St. Louis used for his 33-day preparation for consecration, which was what inspired Father Michael Gately to write his book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. The first 12 days with St. Louis were preparation for prayer. We're now in the first week of prayer, and each week the prayer cycle ramps up a little bit more. Day 14 begins with a reading from The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis. It is Book 3, Chapter 13, and it's on the obedience of one in humble subjection after the example of Jesus Christ. The next prayer that is to be prayed with St. Louis de Montfort's preparation is the Litany of the Holy Ghost, also known as the Litany of the Holy Spirit. This is a prayer that the church calls a private devotion. If you would like to pray this one yourself, you can certainly Google it and find it online. It is available at fisheaters.com. The next prayer that St. Louis has you praying is the Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as the Litany of Laredo. Really excited because Donna Corey Gibson has taken this litany and put it to song. She has made a contemporary Christian song out of the litany. It's entitled Mother. While we're listening to this prayer being sung, let's meditate on the first two questions that we had today from the Retreat Companion Workbook. Question number one talks about being an instrument. Do we really believe that our Mother Mary will overcome everything? What might be standing in the way of this trust? Number two says Mary's identity revealed in her apparitions at Lourdes is the Immaculate Conception. Through her, God's tender mercies are dispensed. We experience these mercies through Mary's humility, gentleness, tenderness, and love. Reflect on how you might imitate these virtues as you live out your Marian consecration.
That was Donna Corey Gibson. You can check her out online at DonnaCoreyGibson.com. That's DonnaCoreyGibson.com. We're going to move on to questions number three and four. Question number three. How much do you want to be renewed and transformed by the Holy Spirit through Mary's powerful intercession for the sake of the kingdom? How much do you hesitate? And number four states, list what you will lay at the feet of Mary. Describe how you will wrap it as a gift, symbolically, of course, and your motivations and intentions for your total consecration to Jesus through Mary. Let's think about these questions as we listen to Mary and Grace singing St. Louis's next prayer, Ave Maria Stella, on Real Life Radio.
more details on St. Louis's preparation, as I said earlier, the first 12 days is a preparation period that consists of emptying oneself of the spirit of the world in penance and mortification. We are now in what St. Louis de Montfort calls the first week, and the first week is meant to focus on offering up our prayers and devotions for the purpose of coming to understand ourselves and our sins. Humility is the key here. And the prayers of the Litany of the Holy Ghost and the Litany of Laredo and the Ave Maria Stella help us to do that. If you're just joining us on this podcast of 33 Days to Morning Glory, the purpose of this is to take 33 days and just prepare yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally to consecrate your life to Jesus Christ through Our Lady, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. For the majority of this podcast, we are using Father Michael Gately's retreat called 33 Days to Morning Glory. You can find all of these retreat materials at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. The retreat is designed to end on a Marian feast day, and that is your day of consecration. So to complete it on time, you have to start on a specific start date. You can visit the 33 Days to Morning Glory website and see what all of the current start dates are. I am so proud of you for persevering through this 33-day preparation for consecration to Jesus through Mary with Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses.